Hello and welcome to If I Were the Minister for Education from Unshot.net. Episode 26, Ban Fundraising in Primary Schools. Hello and welcome to the 26th episode of If I Were the Minister for Education. Um, my name is Simon Lewis from Unshaw.net and um, this is a bit of a milestone episode. It, 26 episodes, uh, 26 weekly episodes means six months of podcasting. I know I've had a few more technically uh, than the 26 po- uh, episodes, but this is the 26th. So I'm going to treat that as my milestone episode. And what better way to expose some very shocking secrets that I've unearthed about the public sector in Ireland. Yeah, in this episode, I'm going to be revealing some of the many ways that our public sector services um, are doing um, to keep themselves from closing down. Um, Now, rather than uh, giving a lengthy introduction about this, I think there's little else to do but to get straight into it. But before I do, I will be good enough to try not to identify any particular service. So I'll try not to be specific about its location. I'll just maybe give a few little stories about how some of our public sector colleagues, the things they have to do to effectively pay the bills. My first story is um, a particular army barracks um, in the southwest of Ireland. Um, They recently um, held a pyjama day. Now, The way it worked was, um, it was a bit of a fun day, I guess. The soldiers um, themselves, the normal soldiers, run-of-the-mill soldiers, wore matching grey cotton pyjamas. The sergeants up above, they they decided they would wear khaki um, pyjamas. The generals wore brown pyjamas. Now, you know, and and everybody paid a few euro, whatever they could afford, you know, just uh, to get involved in the pyjama day. And um, now one soldier, this was a bit of the scandal, I guess, didn't get the memo, right? I, I suppose he said he didn't get the memo about what he was supposed to wear, but he thought it was hilarious to wear camouflage pattern pajamas. Oh, yeah. So um, anyway, he was ordered to do um, 150 press ups in the mud in his pajamas, which put a stop to his gallop. Anyway, overall, the event did raise 284 euro 24 cents. And they have actually put that towards a new microwave for their uh, for the barracks kitchen. So I suppose there was something there. Now, of course, the second story I have here is the nurse's annual Easter egg hunt, where all the visitors to the hospital, so all the all the visitors visiting their the patients there, were asked to donate two euro and to try and find some foil wrapped eggs, brightly foil wrapped in the car park grounds. Now, one woman who thought she saw one under the four by uh, there was a four by four he, she was stretching under to salvage it only for the driver to run over um anyway the hospital raised 358 euro and eight cent now the nurses wondered which asshole basically paid eight cent instead of the two euro but anyway they were grateful for the extra money as you would be in this circumstance in the public sector it's a tough place anyway they hope that um extra money uh, they hope will eventually rise to 25,000 euro which they actually need for a potentially life-saving machine. The next story um, 
uh, is a, a nice story. It was the judges, the the ju- as in the legal judges, um, not the X Factor ones. No, the legal judges in our system, the ones in our public sector, they had a fun-filled Disney day during the year, and each of them dressed as their favorite Disney character, which is lovely. Now, members of the public were invited to donate what they could, now in fairness, what they could, uh, when they went up to the viewing gallery to see the proceedings. Well, it was a relatively normal day in court, apart from the costumes. One potential prisoner, a guy who went down, basically commented, it was a little more difficult to answer the questions in this, uh, from the solicitor because he couldn't stop looking at the judge's hairy chest which was showing on his cinderella ball gown cleavage area if you know what i mean anyway however he also mentioned the dress did complement his bench wig so that was something um they did uh overall raise a little bit of money not 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 as much as they would have hoped but uh, a fun-filled day anyway disney day for the judges um you know just to keep the lights on i guess um, there was much fun at the Winter Craft Fair uh, held at the fire station in the northeast there. Um, firemen and women uh, sat behind the stands of homemade jams and cakes that they'd made the night before. Now others uh, had bought uh, or brought uh, handcrafted jewellery they'd even made, uh, kind of different styles such as lovely earrings, necklaces, brooches, some made of felt, some made out of little glass jewellery. But and who, I mean, who couldn't resist, of course, the Christmas reindeer food. In fact, three of the firemen had spent a week pretty much ignoring um, the, 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 the fire alarms, really, slipping porridge oats and glitter into little plastic bags for the day. Look, it was all worth it, though, because they raised a whopping 947 euro at the fair. Now, the fire station master said that this extra funding would be used directly to pay the heating bill for the coming month ahead. So a good, good story there, really, I suppose, for the fire station. And speaking of Christmas, it was the annual nativity play and it took place in the local county council office last December. And Mary, Mary was played by Hillary in the planning department, even though it did cause a little bit of consternation because Mary, who, who was actually even called Mary in the road section, thought she was a shoe in after all the acting classes she'd gone on. And didn't she appear as an extra in the Game of Thrones, even though you'd blink if you'd miss her. But anyway, Jesus, she even spent six hours in a field in the rain for that part. And she was half broke because they made her wear black. And everyone knows that Mary, and everyone who knows Mary, knows Mary does not do black. So she had to go off to Dundrum Shopping Centre to get them in Fran and Jane. And anyone who knows Mary knows Mary doesn't wear pennies. Anyway, Mary can't believe that Hillary got the part over her and she's a Protestant. Sure, they don't even care about Mary, do they? I don't know. Anyway, well, look, at least the council raised 1,450 euro. It's going to cover most of their water charges for the next few months. So in the end, you know, It's a team effort, really, at the end of the day. But sure, if that wasn't scandal enough, the annual naval service bake sale was a complete letdown, unfortunately. Dermot, yeah, Dermot forgot to put the message up on the Facebook page and they only got 23 cakes. And sure, 90% of them were shop-bought because they only found out at the last minute the cake sale was on. So Dermot complained that the naval service shouldn't have to be doing bake sales to keep the ships full of fuel. And the rest of the gang just shrugged their shoulders in a what-can-you-do sort of way before saying they'd better think of another quick fundraiser. John, anyway, uh, thankfully came to the rescue. He said he knows someone who knows someone in the local Tesco who might let them do a bag pack if a slot comes up in the next while. So hopefully that'll work out for them. 
But the backpacking, as I said, is a grand fundraiser, and uh, as, in fact, that was reported by the Southeast County's Arts Council, where every member of the office took on three hours each over the weekend to pack bags uh, on a rota, kind of the three, like I said, three hours each would be fair enough, to pack bags to raise money for some arts books for the reception office. And who, I mean, really, who would have thought you could get two grand for a weekend's work with, uh, you know, uh, for packing bags. So that, that's the, the arts officer said that after. There were murmurs in the office uh, that the arts officer herself didn't even pack a bag and spent most of the weekend swanning around the shopping centre doing Lord knows what. Anyway, well, the Garda barbecue had no such scandal, of course. Every don- everyone there donated their five euro in the station and Jim went off to the local butcher to get what he could. The smell of pork could be smelled for miles around and you'd think the whole county was there. Such were the crowds. They they raised, what did they raise? They raised over 8,000 euro and even ran out of meat. The sergeant commented that two years ago, they... um, that probably would have covered the insurance for the building, the cost of the, uh, the insurance for the building, but it had doubled since then. So they'd have to find another few thousand from somewhere. He was thinking of asking for a voluntary contribution from people when they came in to report a crime. Now, if they did, he said, they might look into that crime a little more. Well, before he said he was only joking about that. Anyway, the cheese and wine night at the radiographer's gathering to raise money for cleaning bills was a bit of a hit and miss. Even though they raised over 350 euro, Des had way too much of the Pinot Noir and he managed to knock three bottles of the stuff onto the carpet. Now between the glass and the stains, the cleaning bill cost them more than the money that was raised. Now Des did write an email apology to the entire department and he did buy a cheese board for the staff room to make up for it. So I guess, I mean, 350, uh, you know, they might try another fundraiser again. Maybe they'll try again. I don't know if Des will be allowed to go though. The IT technicians in the Department of Children and Youth Affairs hosted a fancy food tasting night, though, uh, speaking of cheese and wine, in order to raise funds to buy new computers for the department because some of them are still running Windows XP and we know Windows XP is no longer supported by Microsoft and is even vulnerable to attacks, uh, malicious attacks. Anyway, each of the technicians were charged with making a fancy meal and everyone that showed up could taste the produce. Now, all told, even though the you know the tickets were a bit expensive at 50 euro a pop the food was delicious and they raised enough money to buy six new laptops for the gang so that was nice and the air corps kept things simple though with a bit of a raffle nothing wrong with a raffle they went around to their families and asked and their friends asking to buy a line two euro each or three for a fiver not bad now and to make things fun the air corps person who filled out the most lines would win a seller's prize of a nice bottle of wine not a bad bottle of wine at all 10 euro now in aldi so not bad lots of the family members donated prizes and in fairness the local chemist donated a lovely hamper of dermalogica products now pascal who probably hasn't showered in his life never mind used moisturizer he of course walked away with that one didn't he anyway a group of facility engineers in one government department decided to run a coffee morning to pay for their electricity bill I mean, that's what you have to do, unfortunately. For fun, and because they're engineers, they ran a competition to see how much power they could save within a month and calculate the exact amount that was saved. Now, they had to log this in a special website, and the upside is that they did indeed save a good 18 euro a month due to the initiative, and the coffee morning raised, you know, a reasonable 83 euro considering the size of the department. 
Now, the downside is uh, now is the engineers actually now have to continue to log their energy consumption and try to reduce this every year. One engineer, John Wilde, complained that this wasn't actually his job, but he was told that someone was going to have to do it. And even though all of John's colleagues complained bitterly about it and said that someone should say something, they all looked down into those coffee cups and they said not a word. John's now saved the department 32 euros so far this year in energy costs and he's logged those savings in the database one day after the deadline every time just to show them. The annual data entry administrator's duck race took place in the summer, raising over 400 euro, which will go towards the cost of new keyboards. And the organizer of the event, Patsy Kenny, said that the old keyboard's letters had worn off so bad you couldn't tell your X from your H and his letter E kept sticking. He said the duck race was a good laugh and was in Jenny O'Shea only delighted to have won the 50 euro one for all voucher. She'd only just been saying she would have loved it to buy that new perfume from Kim Kardashian or one of them models. Patsy also said he made sure to get three quotes for the keyboard and he got a grand deal on wish.com for the keyboards. He said they should be arriving in the next couple of months. So that's a nice little story there. And of course, who could forget the night that Mossy Meehan didn't get the memo that you're supposed to donate back your winnings in the Who Wants to Be a Thousand Air Night run by the Dublin bus drivers. They knew he was the man you wanted on your team for all the table quizzes and a few of the lads had had a few bottles of wine out of it even though he always carried the table quiz team. Anyway, sure didn't Mossy sweep the full thousand euro? They, who would have even guessed he knew of all of Beyonce's singles, let alone the one that was number one for the least number of weeks? Well, he didn't even need any of his lifelines. Now, in fairness, despite the fact he didn't donate back his thousand euro, they got over 27,000 euro. Now, the extra thousand Mossy took home with him, fair enough, I suppose he earned it, but if he had given it back, might be missed because, you know, they do have to pay the, the, the petrol fuel bill and the extra thousand euro wouldn't go amiss. The Lewis drivers, uh, speaking of drivers, were thrilled when Tesco donated €233 Euro back to them from collecting the blue tokens for the last few months. Now John said the money would be handy as they were saving up for an extra carriage for one of the trams uh, that had been damaged by a passenger a couple of months ago. Now that passenger blamed his temper for smashing the windows of the, tra of the tram as well as injuring the five other passengers with a hurl. But anyway, despite being barred from the Lewis for life actually, the passenger who can't be named for legal reasons appealed that ban and they actually have to let him back onto the Lewis. So anyway, so far he's only ripped two of the seat covers since then and punched a passenger for looking at him. Anyway, over 500 people came along to the Dolls Strictly Come Dancing night, which raised over 23,000 euro to pay for the heating bills in the chamber. There were 10 TDs and six senators took part in the fun-filled evening of tiaras and sequins. One of the more experienced TDs said he found it a bit of a stretch to squeeze into his lycra and despite having two left feet, he did enjoy the night, but he said he'd be happy to get back to his beef dinners and an owl jive instead of a tango. The senior accounts executive's spring jumble sale didn't even raise as much of it as expected, didn't raise as much as expected. Despite having a good whip around for bric-a-brac, the event raised less than a grand, which was disappointing because they really needed the money in order to pay the subscription to the account software they're using. Now they may have to make a choice between doing without the account software and going back uh, working manually on paper, or maybe letting go of one of their more junior account executives, which is a bit of a pity, but you know, this is the way it is, you know?
Um, the university arts lecture calendar, so the, the arts department have a calendar every year, it also didn't go to plan, sadly. Fergus printed over 3,000 of the yokes and they only sold 250 of them. In fact, they actually only made 12, 12 euro profit. Now, sadly, this means they actually won't be able to pay for the windows to be cleaned in their department. And it took two years, actually, to be honest, it happened a while ago, uh, two years to, for Fergus to actually finally dump the unbought calendars in case, he said, you know, someone might use them for something, if you know what I mean. Anyway, there were high jinks at the department's online advertising leg of their advertising department. Susan had a bit too much vino before they left the Cadian Hotel, and uh, which she was sharing with Bernie and Lena just to keep the costs down. The bus alone cost 400 euro for the lot of them. <laughs> anyway, didn't Susan crack on to Linus all night? And fair play to Linus, married man. He was very good to her all the same and got her back safe into her hotel room before she made a complete fool of herself. Anyway, even though... He said he wasn't going to be drinking that night. He had a few when he got back anyway. Lena was very quiet after though. I don't know why that was um, uh, with uh, with uh, Susan. Um, but anyway, there were a few winnings and the department raised 374 euro, which they said they'd put away for the latest update to Photoshop when it comes out uh, at the end of the year. The Department of Justice uh, 100 Club was won by one of the minister's spokespeople. Ah, it was gas because he actually the raffle ticket that came out with the line that came out was number 11 just like that father ted episode uh, uh do you remember that one anyway they've called him dougal ever since anyway more importantly over three thousand euro was earned for the department to pay towards the contract cleaners the grant they get doesn't cover the cost maybe about half of it so the extra three thousand euro is handy out to pay for it the site engineers from the department were dismayed to hear that their weekly voluntary contribution had to be raised from two euro a week to three euro a week due to the cutbacks from the government. The register, uh, the the site engineers, um, the, the 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 chief uh, engineer said that while he regretted having to ask the engineers and their parents to have to pay the extra euro a week, if they didn't, the place would be left in darkness. Now this follows on from the very controversial situation when the engineers were actually asked to bring in their own toilet paper because they couldn't actually afford to get it in. You know, this, these things, and I suppose <laughs> I don't know how long I've spent on this so far, but of course, as we perfectly know, the last. 17 minutes of these stories are completely untrue of course they're untrue unless of course you change the jobs to that of teachers and the organizations to primary schools yes a recent cps ma report uh, revealed that the department of education only cover 53 percent of all primary schools costs the rest is plugged by all sorts of fundraising initiatives, such as some of the things I've covered at the, ver- at the start of the podcast. And that's really to cover the basics. It's not to cover the extra stuff. So why would I be saying that if I were the Minister for Education, I would ban fundraising when we actually need it to cover our shortfall? In fact, you might say that's easy for me to say. Who's going to plug the hole that's left from the lack of money given to schools to keep going? Who's going to fund the cost of teachers' materials? Where is the money going to magically appear from when a family can't or won't pay for various items such as their school books? Well, the answer to that is obvious in many ways, and it's already happening um, in the nine model schools in Ireland. Um, For those of you who don't know, uh, well, in fact, you probably do know if you've listened to this podcast, Ireland is mad. 
uh, when it comes, well, it's mad in lots of ways, but when it comes to primary schools, there's so many different types of primary schools, it's hard to count them. And there are nine of them uh, from ancient history that came about from the model, the model schools. Now, you may have heard of a model school in your area. Basically, these are a hangover from um, way back when, when it was decided that these uh, these model schools were basically schools uh, that had a headmaster from and, and an inspector running the school. Now, the headmaster would be either Catholic or Protestant. And if the headmaster was Catholic, the inspector would be Protestant and if the um, and vice versa and the schools were to be non-denominational basically they were not to have religion now that obviously was was, was, was not good enough for the uh, Catholic Church or the Church of Ireland so all nine model schools despite actually supposed to be non-denominational schools and they are ex- uh, they are directly responsible to the, uh, to the um, to the Minister for Education and um, so they actually don't have a, a church body over them they actually are over uh, the Minister for Education is actually directly over these schools and um, they're actually up until the ETB came along they were the only actual state schools um, because the Department of Education directly funded them sorry I, I'm laboring the point but I mean I'm trying to I suppose I'm, I'm trying to explain it a little bit um, so basically, uh, they, um, I guess, illegally have a religious ethos because the Minister for Education's uh, department is supposed to be secular. Uh, but anyway, that is Ireland, and that is, uh, and unfortunately, um, some of these model schools are, 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 in effect, Catholic, and some are Protestant. Um, but they, um, how things work there, again, many of you might know this, is they don't get a capitation grant they don't get an ancillary grant what they do is if a bill comes in so whenever their electricity bill comes in their insurance comes in whatever comes in they just send the bill back to the department of education to the to the minister for education and the bill is paid that's it there's no need for fundraising at all um they in fact they probably shouldn't be fundraising if they are but um because anything they want they simply send the bill to the department of education and effectively that's kind of how schools should be within reason. Schools simply should send the bills. Whatever the utility bill is, whatever the bill might be, um, schools shouldn't be, we shouldn't be using capitation grants. We should be, um, or, or ancillary grants or anything like that. The Department of Education should just pay for running the schools. They should provide the uh, the, the cost of all these things. Um, now, obviously, this has potential to be a recipe for disaster. I'm not naive. I mean, it's working for these nine schools, I assume, because um, they haven't been caught. But maybe that's the reason. If anyone knew, if anyone found out this was this was their practice, I'm sure some people know this, but it's kept very quiet. I would imagine. I've never. I I, I only know because I've um I, I've seen it in action. Um, but um, basically, um, you know, given that we know we know this, it seems to work. Um, but I can imagine if it was common practice, let's say all 3,200 primary schools do it, there is potential that schools might go a little crazy and start looking to buy astroturf pitches or playground equipment or other nice little extras. And this is basically what I would be saying is this is where governance needs to come into play. Um, and if schools really want to do some uh, some fundraising, if they have to do some fundraising, maybe that's where that kind of thing might come in handy when you're buying the nice things. So there's your bills, the stuff you have to pay, and then there's the stuff that's nice to have, but you don't have to have. So um, what I would be suggesting, I suppose, as the Minister for Education, if I was banning fundraising, basically schools wouldn't have to pay any of, their, any of the bills that they have to pay. The department would pay them directly, and the department would be responsible effectively for... Um, uh, for ensuring the, the, that 
one particular company so they tender out um for electricity for phone for whatever it might be and um basically schools would um ensure that they acted responsibly and there would be governance uh, i suppose procedures for that um and basically the bills would be paid by by the uh, department of education not by schools um uh, I guess that's that there would be that, and then for nice things, I guess I mean stuff that you uh, that you uh, don't necessarily need to have. This is my second part of my idea, and again, for not uh, you, instead of fundraising, schools might record a bit of a wish list, which they would um, submit to a central uh, place, and uh, of non-essentials that you might want. And rather than asking parents to for- fork out the money for cake sales or who wants to be a thousand air events, the list could be covered by private businesses as part of their community projects. I mean, we look at Tesco sending a couple of hundred euro to a school or to a sports club or to whatever it might be. You look at like there's local multinationals, let's say Intel in Kildare or Google up in Dublin or whatever. I mean, they could, they could um, support schools in their local in their local area. There's plenty of businesses in local areas that do charitable work, uh, particularly multinational uh, businesses. And they're mostly in um, most parts of the country. Surely, um, they 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 could possibly um, they could possibly donate towards these sort of um, wish lists. I mean, why should we beg parents to put blue tokens to a shoot for Tesco for a share of a thousand euro when Tesco can well afford the purchase of a I don't know a three D printer or a, a set of laptops? Why ask teachers to dance? the cha-cha with each other to fundraise for a set of iPads when Apple could simply donate them. I, I, I don't really, I mean, why not? I often say in this podcast that we are actually our own worst enemies. And, you know, I, I, I ask a question, why don't universities and most other second level schools not fundraise to keep their school heated or to pay the electricity or their phone bills or whatever? Because they must have stopped doing it or they never had to do it because they got more money. And why did they get more money? Because they don't fundraise to make up the shortfall. Like where I live, uh, I live in Carlo. Our, one of our local colleges, we have a couple of colleges in town, built a new wall around the perimeter of the, of the, of the college a few years ago. And I'm told it costs well over, well over my, my school's entire budget for about three to five years. Like for a wall, a wall. I can't, I mean, I can't afford to buy a set of laptops. Um, and, and, you know, these third level institutions can just build a wall around their, 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 their college for hundreds of thousands of euro. I mean, the money didn't come from bake sales for that. It didn't come from bake sales or raffles or Christmas cards or Christmas concerts. So as a first step, I think, as a first step, I think primary schools need to have their accounts publicly published to show how little funding they receive and how much actually comes from fundraising from parents. I think we actually need to do that. I know we are now this year have to put our accounts up on F for, as part of the FSSU. I actually don't know what that stands for, financial something, something, you. Um, but, um, I mean, surely that should be um, something that could be public. You know, that's actually schools are getting a lot of their money, 43, 47% of their money from um, not the Department of Education, which is, which is on average. Um, so that would be a good first step. And only when we do this can we actually see how big a problem it really is. We need to show everybody that we're the lack of funding that we're getting. But the thing is, we won't. We just won't. Um, because, and you know why we won't? Because the school up the road might be doing better than us financially. 
and they mightn't they mightn't put their uh, stuff up publicly and then everyone is going to move to that school up the road because they're doing slightly better financially um well that'll be the head in the head and yeah it all comes back to this collegiality and the idea of choice um and school choice you, you i mean and why we don't why why this is a massive problem for schools they're constantly competing with each other so they're looking over their shoulder at the school up the road and if they're if they're seen to be doing better then you're in trouble so you don't tell anybody anything that's why schools are so private about what they do uh, well not all schools but a lot of schools are so private about things i mean it all comes back basically down to collegiality and school choice again and you didn't i mean clearly uh, despite this episode you didn't think you'd get through a uh, get through an episode of if i were the minister for education without me bringing that up somewhere did you anyway long story short we need to let the government fund the essentials by sending us in our bills, by us sending in their bills, and we need to let private businesses show that they actually care about us by responding to schools' wish lists. A couple of weeks ago, the national press covered a story where a child was expelled from a primary school after assaulting five members of staff. Um, on an appeal, the school was forced to take the child back into the school, which the school is now appealing to the High Court. Um, while schools should be a mirror of society, tolerance for violence cannot be something that we allow to seep into our schools. On next week's episode, I will be hoping that if I were the Minister for Education, I would ensure there would be no tolerance for violence in our schools. I hope uh, you enjoyed this episode um, and uh, I know it wasn't particularly the most serious thing I've ever covered. Next week will be much more serious as, uh, as, as I've just outlined. So tune in next Wednesday and every Wednesday morning just in time for your midweek slump. It's almost sure to get your blood boiling whether you agree with what I'm saying or not. Uh, this podcast can be found on iTunes, Spotify and any other podcasting app by searching for either onshot.net or if I were the Minister for Education. I'd really, really appreciate you subscribing to the podcast. So please do so, so that you will, uh, so that each new episode will be available to you e- immediately after its release. And um, please also feel free to review this podcast. And um, please give it five stars if you can, because that will help other teachers and other listeners uh, find it more easily. Um, that is it for this week. I um, I hope I've, if nothing else, um, given that I don't think we're going to be stopping fundraising, um, it's given you some ideas for fundraising. I, which was not the idea of the podcast um, but um, listen if we keep doing it um, the department are gonna aren't gonna aren't gonna give us any more money uh, look um, that's the rant for this week and uh, see you next time and thanks for listening bye bye <laughs>